Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Input To. I am your host, Tanner Kinney. Once again, back at it for the second time this semester. With me today, I have two very wonderful guests uh, who just watched a great movie with me. Why don't you please introduce yourselves? Hello, I'm Jack Gillespie. I'm a reviews writer, feature writer, podcast podcast host of Remixed, and just a general person. A person? That's it? I am a person. <laughs> That's shocking to me. Same. All right. And? Um, I'm Mason Kupiainen. I'm a, oh, what do I do? Um, features writer, uh, video stuff. Is that, a. you You write reviews, Mason. Oh, a. <laughs> You literally wrote a review this and week. And reviews. I forgot about that. <laughs> That's fair. It goes in with features. Yeah. Okay. It's re- all re- reviews are just kind of there. That's Mason fair. has right. transcended labels. Yeah, he really yeah, has. I look over. Yeah, <laughs> Mason has ascended further beyond, but... Speaking of ascending and descending and other sorts of language like that, today we're going to be talking about a movie that has been getting a lot of buzz a little uh, for, for a while. For a while now, it's been getting a lot of buzz. And it, it's a small little uh, little known film. Uh, you know, it just it just won a, like a minor award, you know, at the, 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 the Oscar awards. event yeah. run by the Sesame Street Muppets. <laughs> You know that one? Really uh, is that one. Yeah, and uh, Rebel Wilson was there, dressed as a cat, <laughs> which, we're not, <laughs> which we're not going to talk about. We do not need to talk about that. But we're talking about Parasite. Yes. We're talking about the four-time Oscar-winning film. Yes. Parasite. Uh, this is very shocking. And first, before we get into talking about Parasite itself, I want to hear both of your initial reactions to that Oscar decision, because I know, like, immediately after it was announced on Twitter, Jack, you uh, were very excited about that. Yes, a bit of a spoiler. So I was, uh, I was in the middle of, um, so I was in the middle of the dining hall, just sitting on my computer, watching a legal. I think it was a legal stream of the Oscars. You, you bet it was a legal it, stream of the Oscars. It was a legal stream of the Oscars. Legal, a legal stream. A legal stream of the Oscars. <laughs> And I was just there for hours upon hours, just like paying attention because I was like, I want to see Parasite win something. I knew it would at least win like best like foreign, foreign film. film. Mm-hmm. Like that was like a duh. And that's what a lot of people expected it to take home. And it did. Yeah. And then, but as the um, ceremony kept going on, Rebel Wilson and all, um, once like I saw Best Director going to Bong Joon Ho, I was like, could they do it? And I just saw them keep getting original screenplay. So I was like, are they going to do it? And then uh, <laughs> when I saw the one best picture, it blew my mind. I, especially considering last year when um, Green Book won best oh, picture yes. last year. Yeah, Parasite is as good as Green Book. I feel like a lot of people lost a lot of faith in the Oscars, the little that they had left. So this was a left, like, came out of nowhere as a time yeah. where the Oscars actually gave the best picture to the best picture of and the year. And especially after following the nominations and the controversy around all of the uh, very interesting decisions or the uh, absence of certain uh, types of people. Uh, the fact that there was only one person of color in all the four main acting categories? Yes. I believe that. You I know, believe that's true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, which is, you know... It's not good. Very, very interesting Academy. Uh, but... Yeah, yeah. Uh, the they really pulled out something that I don't think anyone expected. I do not think so. But beforehand, like you, uh, you wanted Parasite to win, right? Oh yeah, yeah. But realistically, what did you think was going to win? Um, 
I feel like um, I thought 1917 could possibly do it. Like Ugh. that one is such like an Oscar bait sort of movie. Like yeah, a lot of people. A war are, movie. I, I heard about that a lot. It's a safe bet, and it did get like a lot of the technical awards. So I saw that. I was just like, oh, it's probably gonna go to them. Yeah, war movies get a lot of technical awards, and war games get a lot of technical awards. Like when uh, Call of Duty, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, uh, won uh, sound design at the Game Awards this past year. I, it's, a, it's a theme I noticed. I think I predicted it on the Oscar show I did with the Coven. I was like, it's a technical award. It'll go to a war, it'll go to the war movie. But uh, Mason, War or space. Yeah, war or... <laughs> I love space. Uh, Mason, uh, what... Did you watch? Did you watch the Oscars this year, or did yes. you like follow yeah. them? Okay. Um, uh, I I mean, like, I just kind of like skipped around, but like, that's yeah, fair. I watched them. That's fair. There was a lot to skip over. I, yeah. I don't blame you for skipping over it. Like the past <laughs> years where we did the viewing party. Oh boy, <laughs> cannot believe Mickey Mouse is dead. <laughs> Send tweet. Uh, <laughs> so, what were your initial reactions to Parasite winning Best Picture, Mason? So I'm the black sheep here, but um. <laughs> After Mason, watch- I have you on because I love your film opinion. <laughs> After watching this, I don't think it should have won Best Picture. <laughs> that's fair. And we'll get into that. Uh, that's a good discussion point because um, that's a valid opinion. Because <laughs> yeah. maybe it didn't, and that's something we can talk about. Yeah, you're not going to like me, Jack. But, um, I mean, like, I was surprised. I thought it was either going to be 1917 or The Irishman because 1917 was getting all the praise. And I, I, I was surprised that, um, uh, but who's the director of Parasite? Uh, uh, Bong Joon-ho. Bong Joon-ho. Um, I thought Sam Mendes was going to win it because he was like winning like every award, like the Golden Globes, and um, there's a couple other ones that he won. And like 1917 was like getting like all the push, so I yeah. thought that was going to be it. And if it wasn't, I thought that then like the Irishman was going to win it. Yeah, most so. of the like the betting sites that they had for the Oscars yeah. had 1917 as like the safest bet. I mean, that was the safest bet. Like everyone was like thinking that was, it. and so I was surprised when like Parasite won. That just yeah. kind of like came out of nowhere. I a think. lot of people were surprised about yeah. Parasite. It is a uh, the. I mean, it's not too surprising. Like mm-hmm. when you look, like seeing best foreign film, it's fine. You know, uh, <laughs> that doesn't mean it's going to win best picture. But when it takes home two very important categories of best director and best original screenplay, you know that it's going to. That it's a, it's a sign for something possibly bigger. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like when something wins ac- action adventure at the Game Awards, uh, tying yeah. back to there. Uh, typically, whatever wins action adventure or our best RPG will win Game of the Year, uh, just because those games are typically also like the, the critical darlings, the critical darlings as well. So seeing all that coming through for Parasite was definitely very shocking. Uh, although I am curious to pick at your brain, Mason. What if the Irishman had won? How would you have felt about that? Hypothetically. I, I wouldn't have been upset because the Irishman is a well-made movie. And, like, everyone was loving it. I feel like I was probably the only, only one that didn't like it. Though. Uh, a lot of people did. I will say that I do know a number of people who did not like the Irishman. Oh, really? Because it wow. was long, plotting, slow, boring. I mean, like, that's uh, the thing. Elderly like... people who are digitally de-aged very impressively. But, I mean, but like most of like the like, um, what's around tomato score? It's like a ninety six percent around tomatoes. So I mean, like most of like the critics and stuff are like praising the movie, and it was in like a lot of like critics like top ten films of the year. Yeah. So I was expecting the, um, like I, I I wouldn't have been surprised if it won, and I wouldn't have been like too upset, especially since I am like a huge like Scorsese fan. Yeah. But. Yeah, it's not a movie okay. that I, I particularly enjoyed. Yeah, okay. That's, I a, think that's the, a very nuanced take. I think there was 
a sign that Parasite had a chance because as someone who is deep in the discourse, I have never seen a film that had so much un like so much widespread praise nice and just like job. adoration as Parasite. Like from the awards aspects, like it's got so many like two hundred three awards won in total, and even then, that who knows if the number could be more or less. But still, like so many awards, and like on websites like Rate Your Music, which has a movie section, um, it is the forty second most highest rated movie of all time, and it's like the highest of the twenty tens, and it's just like so it has been getting praise out the wazoo. But still, even with the fact that. It still took me out of nowhere. It took me for a surprise. Absolutely. Yeah. And you had actually seen Parasite before today. Twice. And, and before the Oscars as well? Uh, Not before the... Wait. Oh, did I see... I think I did see before the Oscars. Okay. All right. Well, that's fine. Because today, as we've said, we're going to get into Parasite. Now for real, now that we've had our little Oscars talk. For me personally, uh, I thought, like... I would like Doomsday, like hit the Doomsday alarm, you know, smash, smash that like button, uh, uh, fall down the stairs. I thought Joker was going to take it. Like oh I, I was so bare. I was so worried Joker was going to get best oh, picture I was excited for that. And it didn't, it only won two of the 11 awards it was nominated for. So I was very surprised about that. Uh, very much. I very much reminded me of death stranding at the game award. Why do I keep going back to video games? <laughs> No, but going back to my opinion, uh, I, I thought Joker was going to take it. I was terrified. Uh, I didn't know what the consequences of that were going to be in my life. Uh, but seeing Parasite win, I was like, okay, all right. If this is a film that's good enough that the Academy acknowledges it, like a film that had everything working against it in terms of what typically wins at the Oscars, and it still won... This has got to be some kind of movie, right? Yeah, I saw, like, articles um, where it showed, like, some people who were voting for the Oscars, like, multiple people, like, were saying, like, oh, I didn't really watch it because, like, subtitles. And I was like, oh, no, if that is I what can't sinks read. that ship, <laughs> if that's can't. what sinks the ship of Parasite winning this picture, I would have... I wouldn't cry. I'd be very upset and very sad with the state of film criticism on the Oscar level. Yeah, I mean, film criticism online is already pretty, uh, pretty pits, right? Shoutouts to our film podcast input two that we are doing right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, it, that would have been unfortunate, but nobody would have been surprised. The re- and again, the surprise is it won. Yeah. So the Oscar did a good thing. <laughs> let's go ahead. And talk about what makes this movie such an Oscar-winning movie, or whether it is not deserving, or of the or perhaps winning. it's not deserving of the of the Oscar. And there are other movies that handled what it was trying to do better, which we will get into we, later in the show. So let's just start from the ground up. Let's build from the bottom. Talking about Parasite. Uh, this is a film from the director and the from writer director Bong Joon Ho. Uh, South Korean director who has directed film f- snow, uh, films like Snowpiercer, uh, which is a very, very good movie. Uh, With similar sort of themes as yeah, this one. Yeah, very similar themes. It's something that he is very passionate about, very mm-hmm. clearly. Uh, so it's not too much of a surprise that he went with this, but what makes Parasite so interesting is that like it was very blunt about its message like the thing is with with most like average movie going audiences is that people who watch movies are actually stupid (laughs) 
Like, no offense, but it's how I, I made this joke when I did the checkpoint for uh, Parasite winning this week, where I was like, how can audiences read subtitles? How can audiences read subtext when they can't even read text, right? <laughs> we can, about the not being able to read subtitles for Parasite. Uh, and this was not subtext. Clash Conscience, the, the themes of class were not subtext in this movie. It was very blatant. And that was shocking to see. Uh, yeah, though I do feel like it isn't just like it's knocking over the head. There is, while there is definitely, it's done. It's, 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 about it's done incredibly well. Dichotomy between the rich and the poor. There are a ton of layers to it that like require just like a, so much like thought, so much just like planning out, just like so much wonderful talent yeah. going into yeah, it. Yeah, you could do from... a full dissection of this movie and perhaps... Which we are sort of doing right so, now. Yeah, that's what we're going to try to do. Uh <laughs> But, you know, I'm only, like, a kind of a film major. Uh, that's only kind of what I do. I'd rather talk about video games, you know. Uh, <laughs> so let's talk about Death Stranding. <laughs> no, okay. Getting sidetracked again. ADD Brain on three hours of sleep. Once again, welcome back. Uh, four Oscars this movie won. And it also, according to IMDb, it has won 203 awards in total across... However many awards ceremonies it was nominated for, according to IMDb. Yeah, uh, I, I think an especially important award to bring up is the fact that not only did it win Best Picture, but it also won the Palme d'Or, the biggest um, award um, at the Cannes Festival, which is the first film to do get both of those since like I think like the 1920s, it's like literally almost a century. That's that's incredibly shocking. And again, it's the first foreign language film to win Best Picture. Uh, well, fully voiced foreign language film. Yeah. With subtitles that you have to read. <laughs> uh, reading is tough. I, I don't like reading either. Uh, and I looked into, there was a, there was a good interview with uh, the director done by GQ, uh, which I did not link here, but uh, <laughs> just trust me. Trust me, bros. Uh, we'll he, get through had, this. he had said that the, the director said that the idea came to him like, just suddenly and then it just developed over time very slowly uh and what i think is interesting about this film uh being nominated and winning best picture is that its themes of the divide between the rich and the poor were also coincidentally a major part of another best picture nominee joker (laughs) Wait, what's that? I haven't heard of that. Jo- what's, what's Joker? Uh, it's a independent film made by uh, made by the guy who made The Hangover Three. Oh, The Hangover yeah. Three. Yeah, mm. they, he he decided to he decided to make like a real movie instead of a sequel. Uh, I don't know what else he's done. Uh, Todd Howard, I think is his name. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the other Todd, you know, Todd yeah, Todd Phillips. Todd, yep. Uh, but yes, in case you didn't notice. Movie fans, because I know I know subtext is hard for a lot of you. Joker is also about class consciousness in a different way, and we will touch upon how the how these two films handle it differently at the end of the podcast. But for right now, we are just going to start with Parasite, and we are going to start with our analysis here. I was going to get more interviews, but literally, we just watched the movie before coming in here. Uh, because I wanted to get a chance for Mason and I to both see it, and I figured it was convenient if we just played it out in the UML. So, uh, not a lot of research for this one. You're just going to have to uh, bear with me here. 
it's almost like a bite of the movies. Yeah, it's it's ba- this is basically just a, a slightly more formal bite at the movies. No, uh, so let's just start from the from a baseline. What did you think about Parasite? Mason. I'll let Jack go first. Oh, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> now, I have seen this movie two other times before today, and on my first view, I was like, okay, this is, like, really solid. Like, I think it's worth, like, a lot of the hype that it's been getting. I didn't quite connect to it as emotionally as I did as with repeated listens. Not listens. Well, I guess you do listen, but you know what I mean. Um, but as I kept watching it, not only did I discover that, like, I really developed more and more of an affinity for the characters, for the um, people that we are watching throughout the film. But I found that there's just so many intricacies to all, like, almost, like, the dialogue, like, the design, just, like, the plot points. Like, I found that each time I've watched it, I've found, like, a new thing that, like, calls back, like, calls to a different thing in the future of the film, a lot of foreshadowing. And I've just found that as I kept watching it, not only did it impact me even more emotionally, but, like, even just, like, it's, it's like, brain food. It's, like, brain candy because, like, there's just so much that, like... It's not too hidden away, but, like, when you do watch it multiple times, there's just so much more detail to not only to the themes that it's expressing, but just, like, even just, like, an act of storytelling. It was just so good and intricate with doing that. And just, like, the actors and actresses were amazing. The direction was good. Like, some of the... And, like, the cinematography is super good. Like, some yeah. of those shots are just, like, Yeah, that's gorgeous. and that's something to note. Because while we... I did say that... This movie is not very it's not very subtle about what it's trying to tell. At the base, it's not very subtle. There's a lot peppered throughout the movie that, like you said, uh helps helps to en- enhance the experience. Cause you can get through the movie and get the core message pretty easily. Like I, I don't know how you'd miss what this movie's about. You'd have to be not watching it. Yeah, or just not want to like la 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 la. You'd have to Fingers like ears. deliberately not watch this movie to not get what it's trying to say. Uh but there are so many small little details like that build towards how the narrative develops. Oh yeah, like okay, I I just want to talk about this one. So there's and a scene where Mr. Park, the rich here. Oh, I will put a formal spoiler warning oh, right yeah. now. Uh, this is going to be a very spoilery episode of Parasite. So before we get into any major details, uh, just keep that in mind. Yeah. Thank okay. You. I will continue. So the scene where Mr. Park, the rich father, is being driven around, he was talk he's talking about the housekeeper and he says like, Oh, there's one thing that's special about her, she eats enough for two. Which becomes so much more just like mind blowing when you later find out what like how that foreshadows for later events in the film. Can I say yeah. what exactly it's going to, or should we wait a bit longer for uh, that? We can we can continue to wait. We okay. Can, we, well, I will put a like real spoiler warning when we actually get into digging into the meat and potatoes after Mason gives his opinion. So people who just want to know our general thoughts can check out uh, before then. But yeah, that's just one example. Just like just repeated listens and watches. I, I'm I'm a music man. I'm sorry. I keep saying listen. That's fine. Uh, I I I, all, I refer to I refer to movies as games often. Like <laughs> I'll say because I'm I'm game man. I'm gamer at heart. Uh, that's just who I am. But you know who's not a gamer? Mason, you're Mr. Movie Man. Uh, we have Music Man, Movie Man, Gamer Man. Triforce, Gamer. We, we've got all, we've got all three here. Uh, so Mr. Movie Man, Mason, what did you think of Parasite? 
and you can be, be honest here. This like Oh yeah, I'm not afraid to be honest. Yeah, uh, we know. D- don't worry about getting bullied here cuz I am I'll genuinely curious. I can't promise anything. I'm kidding. <laughs> okay, to start off, it's a well-made movie. Like how the movie is able to like bleed in and out of like the different themes and how it kind of like carries about and how the movie kind of keeps like changing cuz at first it kind of starts out kind of like almost like a black comedy. And then it just kind of like snaps, and like each like there's like scenes in the movie that kind of like snap and twist the movie around, and how the movie is able to do that, I think was very smart and clever, and like um like what you mentioned before with like this like just the small details like like the car scene where like they talk about like her eating too much for two and like other scenes like that, um I think make it a very well made movie, but then like I mean I kind of screwed the characters. None of the characters were really kind of jumped out at me. Um, they kind of seemed, many of them seemed kind of just kind of hollow in one note, like especially like the rich family. I mean, they kind of had like, I mean, that's probably what he's trying to go for, I think. But there's nothing really like distinct or kind of like something interesting about them. Like the, yeah. like the rich family is kind of like just the rich family. And yeah, then the poor I, family is just kind of the poor family. Yeah, I'd understand. I'd actually argue that the, that the Leaf, the Lee clan, is that the names? The Lee clan? The poor family? Uh, I believe they're the Kims. The Kims? Yeah. yeah. Okay, the Kims, excuse me. Uh, the Kims. I believe that the Kim family, uh, they, I, I think that they had more depth. They, they mm-hmm. had a lot more depth than just being poor. There was a lot of, like, nuance to each of their characters, but I do agree that the rich family was very much one-dimensional, mm-hmm. and I I believe that was intentional in terms of decision-making. That's decision what I making, think too, probably. But uh, it does, you know, very much, it's it's a little underwhelming hmm. uh, w- with how much depth there is with everything else in the movie that the, the rich family's just like, ah, the, the rich mom, she's uh, overprotective and not very smart. Hmm. The dad hates poor people. He thinks they smell. He can smell them. And he also gets off on them. We uh, can talk about that later. We'll Let's get into that. that later. Uh, you know, uh, the daughter is very detached. You know, she doesn't care. And the kid's like, uh, he's an eccentric genius. He's He's got brain worms. Absolutely. Oh. <laughs> uh, they're very one dimensional. Mm-hmm. I get where you come from with that. Yeah, I, I. As you might have guessed, disagree. I do think that the rich family is not developed as much as the other ones, but again, I do think that could be intentional. As like, and I feel like the poor family is definitely like the driving force of the film for the most part. Absolutely. And I feel like, but even if I feel like with like poor family, like each of the characters do have something separate to them. Like for example, the son. Um, from the beginning of the film, he's like when he uh, they forge um a college like a document he says like this is for later i'm going to eventually it's i'm gonna later get college get a job like he wants to be like uh earn his money in his own sort of way like through like um justifiable means and i think that um and then there so i think that's something that's separate from like a lot of the other people in the family um uh, the daughter, I think she was like especially fun character to oh, watch. Oh yeah, she was great. She, I feel like she showed that she's definitely the most like the brains of the whole family, especially when it came to like the, the acting and just like the seeping into the rich family sort of life. I feel like she just like got on with it right away compared to the rest of the family. And I think I don't know. I just think that each of the characters, while they aren't like the most fleshed out characters ever I think that one the movie isn't too much of a character driven film I think it's more about like the story it's trying to tell but also I do personally think that the poor um, 
family especially has like details with each of them that I think can be like sets them apart and just gives them a bit more life. I'm not sure if it's really like like story driven. I kind of feel like he kind of was like driven by like just the themes of the movie. Like what he's trying to like get his message. Yeah. What he's uh, sorry. What he was trying to get his message across. Um, I mean, just kind of like the story set up. I mean, like the story like really like pushes the themes more. And yeah. I feel like a lot of the things he did, like in the movie, to just like push the themes like into us. Which I mean, the themes were like fine. Like, uh, like uh, I really enjoyed like kind of like the parallels. How like, like the poor people, like some things are, are like a curse for them, but then they're blessings for the rich people. And so like I like theme, like things like that. But I kind of wish the story kind of like came out a little bit more. Mm. That that's a good point. And uh, although we've already touched a little bit on spoiler territory, this is your last chance to dip out of the podcast. Thank you for listening if you have to leave now because you do not want to spoil Parasite. Uh, I will say that I highly recommend you check out this movie. It is on Amazon, so you can either buy it or you can rent it with Amazon Prime. Uh, four bucks to rent. Uh, if you have $4 in an afternoon, I think this was a good use of your time. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Thank you for listening. Go check out and Parasite and then come back. Definitely go into it blind, though, because so as someone who had watched it two times before and while y'all hadn't seen it before, it was so entertaining just as the movie as well. But just like seeing y'all's y'all's <laughs> reactions with certain changes in the plot, in the narrative, just like seeing that I was, it reminded me when I first saw it, we're just like what you don't see coming it definitely makes the film experience so much more visceral yeah it all I, it helps i'm a very expressive person when i watch movies that's why i almost got thrown out of a movie theater once oh no uh, fun <laughs> fact uh but yeah uh spoiler warning here now then speaking of themes themes let's talk about storytelling and parasite uh because this is a this is an Oscar-winning screenplay, obviously, of course. So the basic story of Parasite is that the Kim family, they live in a semi-basement. Uh, uh, they have very poor living conditions. Uh, they don't have Wi-Fi. They were using the upstairs Wi-Fi. And there's uh, a point where um, there's fumigation going on outside in the streets. And instead of closing it so they don't cough their brains out, they let it in for free extermination. Free extermination. especially good point way to be like, yeah, they're, they're, they're low. They, they are struggling. Yeah. Uh, folding pizza boxes, trying to get by. Uh, they're already like in the beginning of the movie, they're already like scheming, trying to get a job, you know, working for the, the pizza, the pizza company. Right. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, that's that's one thing to note. Uh, that's the main start of it. And then uh, the brother, the son, I don't remember his name, uh, he goes in to... Uh, he gets a documents forged to become an English tutor for the daughter of a rich, like, ultra-rich, bougie family uh, in South Korea. Uh, and they ha- have a house that was literally a new construction for this film uh yeah. the set of the park family's house was designed for this movie specifically to be as bougie as possible it it definitely matches that <laughs> and also because of the underground of the house had to be designed as well so the underground what do you mean by that oh wow we'll get into that <laughs> but yeah uh, 
after after that, you know, the 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 son gets in there. He realizes, oh, there's an opportunity to get my sister in here to start making money. And then they're like, but how do we get the dad in as a driver? So over time, the whole family works their way and replaces people who are already a part of the rich uh, the rich household with themselves uh, to start making money and uh, living off of the wealth of this rich family, the Park family. And the Park family are not very smart. And they're fairly easily manipulated. Yes. As um, uh, the brother's friend, I believe his name was Kim. Or I don't remember the brothers from Min. Min was that his sounds name. familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> the brother's friend he described the mother as quite simple, nice and simple. Nice and simple. <laughs> she was very simple. Absolutely. Well acted and like well acted, and that's something that is very hard to pick up when you're. Well, it's not too hard to pick up uh, as when you're watching a dub. Or a sub, excuse me, when you're watching a sub. We are not watching the dub of Parasite. I would never watch the dub of Parasite. But this is a whole different argument. Uh, This is a whole different argument entirely. Maybe we'll have this argument. This is not an anime podcast. No. Welcome to Animation ATM. I am your host, Daily Wilhelm. (laughs) (laughs) Rest in peace. (laughs) But, yeah. uh, What is important to know is that the acting in this movie is incredibly good. Like... The all of the characters are so incredibly expressive and animated that even with like not being able to understand what they're saying, a lo- with with the subtitles, like I was, I was at times taking notes on it for this podcast, and I could still like get a general idea of what was going on, even if I wasn't reading what was happening, because the actors were doing such a great job of portraying what was going on very clearly through their actions. There were times that. They didn't even speak at all, and you could tell what they were talking about, what was being discussed, what was affecting them. Those sorts of things were incredibly well done by everyone on the cast. Uh, so, yeah, I, they they definitely deserve some more recognition than they've gotten. I especially really enjoyed the performance um, of the father, Kintek. That's not the name of the actor; it's the name of the character. I think he was really good in his sort of role. And one thing I really found nice to point out is that even like the scenes where like they're acting as people who are acting like in the parts where so the son is instructing the father how to talk around like the rich um, mother in order to convince her of something and like I found it super fun and it's like sort of meta with like the scene where like the son is like directing the father about the thing (laughs) yeah (laughs) and it like yeah <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, for just want to touch on that because I think it's something that's very underappreciated with this movie. Uh, from many discussions I've seen on it, because a lot of the discussion gets stuck on the story, which is incredibly important. And so what we're going to be talking about and now. the fact that none of the actors got nominated for Oscars. Nope, which is not surprising. Although I believe they won a an award at an ensemble award at the Baftas for their performance. Uh, so which is they got that. It's some. It's something. It's something. That's what they say. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, as this film progresses and the family takes advantage of and the Kim family takes advantage of the Park family and uh, rightfully uh, steals their stuff and, you know, takes their home and enjoys their life, they discover that uh, there was a man living in the basement the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) No, it isn't just a random man. It is the husband of the former housekeeper. Yeah. It isn't just some random man. And what this is. This is an hour in, and this is the part where the movie really starts to, like, 
get deep with what it's trying to say. Uh, yeah. So I want to hear from both of you. Uh, at this twist an hour in, when they reveal the basement and they reveal the uh, hu- the old housekeeper's husband living under the floorboards with Harrison Ford, uh, what what were your thoughts on that sort of twist? And how did it play into your expectations? Because at that point, uh, Mason, yeah, I want to hear, what were you thinking was going to happen before that twist in the movie? What were you expecting? So before that, like when the housekeeper came in, I actually thought maybe she was going to like try to kill him or something. Because mm-hmm. like I, I, before seeing the movie, like all the reviews said like to like this movie just keeps kind of twisting around. So I, I was expecting something like weird or different to happen or at least like have her go down to the basement like kill herself or something like that's what i expected yeah i know um and then i i wasn't expecting her husband to be down there just because that kind of seemed just kind of like out of left field like where's this going now i mean like what are they trying to like do with this um but i i think it was kind of like it it, it added like a nice like extra layer of depth to kind of show like the poorness of her and like her kind of situation it kind of shows how <laughs> Um, like how like all these different like poor people are now trying to like kind of like, clamor onto the rich people and kind of like suck them from what? Keep going. Um and and like they're trying to kind of like um take like just kind of like I mean I guess be like a parasite to them and like feed off them in there. Yeah, uh, that that is. I, I definitely do agree that it was something I didn't expect them to do, and it did add a lot of nuance because beforehand when you have the the idea of like the class divide at the start of the movie and up until the reveal they reveal the basement you have the dichotomy of the rich family and the poor family but when they add in the housekeeper and her husband you now have the rich family and then the two poor families yeah but the fact that like they're different levels of poor and i think this is something that is an amazing piece of filmmaking. It's the use of verticalness and just like upward and downward movement within the film, like physical. Because, um, so when initially when the son goes up to the rich person, rich people's family to start the his position, he goes up. Their house is uphill from where they live, and then when they go down, like when they go back to their house after the they try to escape the house because of. That's the night of the housekeeper thing, so they have to go back. They go down so far down, like scene after scene, well, not scene after scene, but shot after shot, just like going down, 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 and it further emphasizes literally like, underwater. Yeah, pretty. Yeah, semi basement flooded. Oops. Well, I guess we're already past spoiler territory, so whatever. Yeah. But I think that is so fun. Well, I don't know if fun would be the right word, but like interesting because the reveal of like a lower level in the house to where they originally imagined reveals just like it's also a reveal of like there is a possibility of lower class below the Kims and the fact that uh, I've seen people talk about how light is also a major sort of piece of symbolism. Um, when the, when the family, the Kim family finally gets the house all to themselves, I, the mom and dad are like, why is the sun out in the sky? Like outside just laying down, isn't he hot out there? And he says like, I'm looking at the sun from our house. And he says like, it's so beautiful. It's just like, he, Living in a semi-basement, he never gets to realize, like, the outside, the light of the world. And the fact that this is, like, a bunker basement, there is no light. Even the, the Kims in their semi-basement, semi, there's still light, there's still hope. When it's the basement, there is no light at all. Yeah, you're scavenging, you're hoping to pick up the scraps of whatever you can get from the upper level. 
Uh, and that is something that is very, very interesting. And the fight between uh, the Kim, the the, the Kims, Kims and, the... and the housekeeper's family, uh, that sort of like the conflict between the two of them that develops over the second half of the movie, it definitely plays on themes of division and unific division and slash or unification of the lower class because throughout the second half i was in my mind thinking do they come together and unite against a common evil which is the upper class or do they eat each other alive while the upper class doesn't have to worry about it which is what happens essentially i agree and i think that is a really good thing because in the first half like it's the themes are sort of on I wouldn't say on the simple side but like simpler than they revealed themselves to be because just like oh it's just poor rich whatever but then like the introduction of the housekeeper's family is definitely interesting and what I found to be a really good piece of it um, is when the mom of the Kim family is talking with the housekeeper she makes it discreet like very clear that she's separating herself from the housekeeper's family. She's like, when the housekeeper family says, like, we're both needy, the Kim family says, we're not needy, or like, at least the mom does. And then just like, um, when the housekeeper's mom says, like, sis, calls her sis in just sort of like an informal way, yeah. the Kim mom is like, don't call me sis. She's like, telling explicitly, like, we separating ourselves from you. We, we are not you. And then when the deception is revealed and the housekeeper gets a leg up, the tables are turned yeah, on her. The Kim mom is saying, like, sis, 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 like, please help. <laughs> yeah, you do not call me sis, you expletive expletive. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that's sort of, does the use the use of that, it's, it shows the class divide in a very literal and metaphorical way throughout the entire movie. It's like the whole movie is built on this common ground this this concept and i think that's brilliant how uh bong joon ho executes everything he was planning with it it deserved the screenplay it definitely deserved screenplay in my opinion but did it deserve it in the original korean or did it deserve it in the english version have you considered what because they're because there's a because they obviously had to translate some stuff and make some changes between the original Korean script and the English script. So, oh, what script do you think would be better if you could if you if you could read both? Which script do you think would so, be better? If I had the ability to understand Korean, yeah, well, I'd probably prefer the Korean ones to understand the original. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Uh, I, I think, I think I am, most people would say I that. am an English speaking American who does not unfortunately know Korean. <laughs> I right now prefer the English one because I can understand it. <laughs> and, and Mason, you seemed a little uh, apprehensive about the screenplay there, winning best screenplay. I want to hear your thoughts. What did you think didn't work with the screenplay in your mind? If, if we haven't touched on it yet. No. Um, so I think I wouldn't have given Parasite the screenplay. I would have either, either have given it to Knives Out or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's I, I would have given it to Knives Out. Yeah, I, I think think Knives Out. So good. It, so Knives Out's really good. I think the screenplay should have won for that. But I don't – like with the screenplay, like I think like the story didn't – I mean to me, like, I, I'm probably just stupid and didn't catch it. But like the story didn't really pop out to me. And like it wasn't like very like out there and open. It kind of felt like um, the themes of the, and like the – like 
everything you're trying to like put into the movie, like with the themes and all that, really was like the major like driving force of the movie. Yeah. And whereas like a movie like Knives Out and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where like the like you can see the narrative, you can see like the plot and all that. Okay, I I can see that. Like, cause if it's just words on a page, yeah. Uh, Knives Out esta- Knives Out establishes a lot yeah. through entirely its script. Yeah. Where Parasite establishes a lot through its production and, and like the its, direction and the visuals. Yeah, the direction and the visuals work a lot for Parasite to help develop its na- its narrative. Well, Knives Out really is. It call comes down to having that incredible script. Uh, it would be a completely different movie. You could read through just the Knives Out script and still have a great time. Yeah. I'm not sure if you could do that with Parasite. It would yeah. be it would lose a lot with with Parasite, and that's you know that's the nature of screenplay. But you know I can see that actually. Now that you make that argument, Mason, I can actually see that a little bit. Uh, yeah, I, I would agree that as much as I love Parasite, and I also really love Knives Out. That's such a fun movie. Maybe I, we'll talk about Knives Out on an input too later. I think if I had to read the script, just the script of either one of them, I think I would prefer Knives Out. That seems like it definitely translates to that mm-hmm. in a much better sense. But we are talking about film where visuals and the such do come into the equation. Yeah, so why don't we touch on some of those uh, visual elements going back to the uh, cinematography, uh, cinnamon toffee cream. Or as I called it, cinnamon toffee cream. Cinnamon toffee cream. <laughs> of this movie uh what sort of things stood out to you in uh how bong joon ho frame other than the verticality of everything which you've already touched upon were there anything else was there anything else in the movie that you think really worked well in terms of how he shot things in displaying what he was trying to say with his narrative um i think um one thing i can think of right now is there's certain just like very still scenes that i found to be immensely gorgeous and the fact that those scenes are almost always focused on the rich family, such as this is one scene where the son of the rich family is just like looking out the window, just all alone. It's a very like meditative scene and just such a gorgeous, pristine, just like moment. And then also um, this is like the night of the big happening. Um, The sun wakes up and I think that might even be a thing. Like a lot of like the most pristine, serene, scenes feature the son who i would say of all of the family members is the most innocent in the whole ordeal even his thing where he is as they call an indian fanatic he really enjoys um native american paraphernalia which has its problems which takes a lot to go into but um even that it specifies that it was learned from an adult learned from someone else it it's a very sociological sort of part of the film. Yeah. Um, but I f- that maybe that is a thing where, like, a lot of the scenes or shots that are at its most movie, at its most serene, at its most peaceful is um, with the sun. But I, did, I definitely feel like with the... Uh, the house, the main house, the bougie house, it is very minimalist, which not only fits in with the whole bougie that is very much a upper class house sort of thing, but it wonderfully contrasts with like the home with the neighborhood of the poor family where it's like messy. It's like very, there's things everywhere. There's debris, well not debris, it makes it sound like a post-apocalyptic thing. It's not that bad, but it's just like trash every night very it, it's it, it's not good living conditions it is not good living conditions and i think very that warm it's warm. a very just like from the busyness of each of the sets i think it does a really good job of like s- further further setting apart the two families lifestyles and just like way where they are at yeah. in society 
Yeah, uh, Mason, I, I believe you all you also said that this film had a lot of really good things done with how it was shot. I thought it was done well. Like my like the one that stood out to me was like in the beginning, like the um, uh, who's it? The Kim, the Kim family. Yeah, like his uh, like the dad is bringing back the rich mom, and like um, it, it was a shot where like you're at the stairs and you see them like kind of walking up and they see the um the maid coughing into the um the napkin, and then he goes and like you know puts yeah. the hot sauce in there. Like I, I really like that shot. Just kind of how like the like they just kind of like rose up, and then the dad's kind of like behind there, and he kind of like shows up like later. Yeah, that's like the one film, the one scene I've seen like in a lot of like the promotional material yeah. for the film, and like it is a lovely scene, and it's a part of this one section I think might be one of my favorite sections of the film is where they are figuring out how to get the housekeeper out of the home, like the set of shots and just like the entire scene that like shows the meat of that process was just so beautifully orchestrated just like so beautifully put together it was awe-inspiring it's just like it's like watching a football game just like oh is my is my team gonna get the touchdown look at them go they're running down look i'm sorry for yeah. bringing sports yeah into you're this. so proud of them yeah get them yeah, yeah you can do it yeah. and then you, you really do start to care for these characters as they go as the film develops like the you i wouldn't necessarily say that they're good people uh entirely uh, in, in this, in the in a purely moral compass, yeah, I wouldn't say they're not good people. However, I would, I would say they do good things. Yeah, personally, I uh, do not think of like the main like the family. I don't think any of them like have entirely good people or entirely bad people. Like all of them, like it can be explained by their um, standings in society. Yeah, and on top of that, there are a lot of different. One of the major aspects of this movie, there's a very different dynamic to how the obviously to how the rich and the poor live but one of the things that we brought up during our viewing is that uh there's a very stark difference between how the kims would live hypothetically in this bougie house compared to how the rich family lives in the bougie house uh and that sort of family dynamic is i want to i want to ask about that because i thought it was very important to a lot of this movie uh how do you think that the role of family uh, and the differences between how the Kims saw family and how the Parks saw family. How, oh, what do you think? What do you think was there in terms of that? Um, well, I think one detail that I really enjoyed was um, when, like, the Kim family are all alone in the house. Um, they don't change the way that they eat dinner, like just as they did in like their old house. They just like sat around like the living room table, just like ate there with like alcohol and just like food aplenty just like surrounding them and meanwhile of like the footage we did see of the rich family like it seemed like they mostly did a lot of their consuming and just like family stuff like in like the dining room so something like that um i thought that was a very nice detail to where i feel like they're trying to say that like even if like the kim family is are elevating themselves through the class class um system but not really not yet fully transitioning they still have remains of like their old past selves within them they're still very much like a poor family living in a rich situation yeah i would agree with that mason uh in terms of family did you notice that i mean did you notice any major like important details that you thought were done well with that just the major one i've I saw was kind of how like the Kim family was was much closer and more like personal with each other. Yeah. Where like the rich family was kind of more divided and kind of like they did their own things. Kind yeah. Of. Yeah. The fact that like um, the son has to be tutored by two separate tutors for different things and like you rarely see the mother really do any caretaking mm -hmm. for the son or like anyone in the family to do any caretaking for themselves. Yeah. Like the father's off like on business and 
the mother, I guess she does some, but like really, it's left to the tutors, aka the Kims. Yeah, what what do, what does the mother even do? I, I'm genuinely curious. Like, what does she do in her life? She probably just walks around the house, makes sure it's okay. Because she she was shown to be absolutely useless without a housekeeper. Yeah, even, uh, even the hilariously useless. Even the father, Mr. Park, was like, "I do not. She's not good at cooking. She's not good at housework and stuff like that." And it's not like that is her like position as a person, but like it d- does seem like sort of like how that family dichotomy seemed to have gone, where it's just like, "Oh, rich people. Oh, the woman housewife. I don't know." Yeah, and uh, Happy Valentine's Day uh, <laughs> of, at that time of recording, but uh, the. There's a very, there's also a very stark difference between uh, the mother and father of the Kim family and the uh, Mister Mrs. Park. Uh, they have very two different kinds of relationships. Uh, it, it's it's very obvious that Mister Park is not a huge fan of his wife. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he was. He oh, I mean, in they, certain ways. In, yeah, in certain, certain ways, ways, but. Uh, <sighs> Yeah, it's definitely different. Like with the Kim family, the mother and the father, they seem like friends. Like, I've, like there's the one scene where they're at the dinner table, and like the father pretends to just like get really angry at the mother and just like grabs her by the shirt. But then he's just like, "Oop, it's joking." Like they generally seem like they like each other as people and like have like a personal connection. Meanwhile, with the uh, Mister and Missus Park, it doesn't really. I don't really see a similar scene. It's mostly whenever they talk, it just usually seems like business or business i kind of think that kind of goes with like the class thing i mean because like with like the kim family they kind of just have each other that's all they have while like the rich family i mean they have their money they can do whatever they want they don't have to like depend on each other i mean they have to depend on dad but like it's not like as much as like a close connection yeah they don't need to like live together for they don't need to get enjoyment out of each other yeah because like with the kim family like, like the like the mom the mom and dad like that like they're all that they have and so then like with like the rich family like the the dad like the rich dad she's not all that he needs or has yeah rich dad could slot and replace his life with anyone else yeah and i nothing would change for him uh i don't think that's the same for the lee family uh the kim the kim what and why do i have my notes wrong i i don't know what synopsis i read that was wrong uh thank you probably imdb but uh yes Okay, so we're we're I, there are a lot of things to talk about here, but we're getting pretty low. We're getting pretty close on time to where I need to be somewhere. So we're just gonna go ahead, and unfortunately, we're gonna have to skip over some things I wanted to talk about. But I will say there's a lot of ways you can dissect this movie. There are plot plenty of places you can read discussion on this. I highly recommend get get your get your hands into it. Get woke. Get get woke, uh, <laughs> so you can be broke like us. Uh, oh boy, that's a bad joke. Speaking of bad jokes, you want to hear another joke? Yes. <laughs> what <Wait>. joke? <laughs> oh, uh, what do you get when you cross two movies about class consciousness, and they both release at around the same time? Uh, you get a lot of think pieces. <laughs> so we're gonna do our own think piece here. This we're gonna talk about Joker. <laughs> Finally. Again, again, Mason's rubbing his hands. He's excited. He's Wait, ready. Did you guys to... like the Joker? 
Yeah, I like Joker. Wait, did you? I liked it enough. I did not you know, see okay. it. Oh, you, you, didn't, you didn't I did see not it. see Joker. Well, then uh, Mason and I will get to hold up this conversation. You're for missing a out bit. on Joker. This was pitched as me being able to talk about Parasite. I'm like, yes, baby, let's do it. Yeah, and I'm being surprised. I'm being tortured with Joker. We're, we're going to talk about mm-hmm. Joker. I'm kidding. Right. I'm kidding. Well, what I think is very interesting about Joker is that the movie was originally, and I may have said this on the previous Joker episode. If you want to check that out, please do. We'll have a much more long form discussion on that uh, with a couple of good friends of mine. Uh, but what I think is interesting is that Joker got a lot of negative press for being like this alt-right incel, like white white man rage film. But it's not n- entirely. Uh the main thing about Joker is that it is also a film about class consciousness, but it tackles the subject in a completely different way from how Parasite does it. Because Parasite takes a very family-oriented dynamic to how class works and a very like uh, very structured in terms of... the. Diff- it, it talks more about the layers of society and that where Joker... It more talks about the individual within mm. a society. The but said we, Joker. We live in a society. Uh, T-pose for your homies. Uh, <laughs> I I don't know where I'm going, but yeah. Uh, Joker talks about the individual more than the whole of uh, the underclass because while the living conditions of the Kim family and the housekeeper's family play a major component in Parasite, the living conditions of the poor people outside of Arthur Fleck and Joker are not really touched upon. You only see it in the news when talking about Mm. super rats and all the crime in Gotham and what uh, bougie... Uh, Ma- uh, Mr. Wayne is going to do about that. Mm. Uh, Thomas Wayne. So, comparing these two films, Mason, because now you've seen both. Mm. Uh, what? What is this? How do you see these two films differ, and how they, or do they not differ? What sort of similarities are there between how these two films tackle the same concept of the divide between the wealthy and the poor? So they both do tackle them but they do in different ways like um like parasite like i mean you guys kind of think it's more plot driven um but joker doesn't really have a plot it's more character driven yeah and it's more about like what happens when there is like that divide between what do you get when (laughs) you have a mentally ill (laughs) owner with the society that's a great thing like trash you get what you freaking deserve. <laughs> you get what you hecking deserve. Vibe That's check. a really... Like, I, <laughs> that is a really... I actually genuinely I think, like, like that. I mean, Joker, I think, has so many good scenes in that movie. Um, but anyways, uh, so with, like, Joker, um, it, I, I, they both do the same thing. They both show, like, the class divide, the kind of how, like, the poor people are kind of treated by the rich people. Um, but I think Joker kind of does it in a different way where... The poor people don't really feed off of the rich. Um, it they kind of showed how more like the rich just kind of like throw away the poor people and just kind of want to get rid of them. While with like Parasite, it's like the poor the poor people are like feeding off of the rich and kind of like using them. Yeah, in the same way, like it it's called Parasite, but it's very much uh, an unhealthy symbiotic relationship yeah. where yeah. the rich exploit the poor for their own gain. Yeah. But at the same time, the poor can take advantage of the rich and uh, take their wealth. 
Yeah, yeah. it's like Joker oh, doesn't really. And even I think with that point you mentioned about how in Joker it's mostly about how the rich throw away the poor, I think there are elements of that in Parasite as well because, like, for example, one scene um, Mr. Park talks about how, like, okay. it's super easy to just, like, get another housekeeper, the housekeeper that's with, been with him, like, forever since, like, they moved into the house and before yeah. that. And plus, I feel like whenever the Park family, they talk about the Kims, like, they say, like, oh, um, Mr. Kim, he was like, he's such a good driver. He doesn't try to cross the line, the line being, like, um, showing his, like, possible poverty or, like, not being able to just, like, be a subservient serve worker. Yeah, trying to, to step out of his bounds of being the lower class. Yeah, of the worker. And I think that is, like, one of the some elements that, like, that thing does come up in Parasite as well. Yeah, and... I do think that not seeing, like, them as people, it's also something Joker does. Because Arthur Fleck himself is treated by Murray as this sort of failed comedian. Mm. He's a joke. Like, the him coming on the show is Murray's joke. Mm. You know, having this terrible comedian who bombed out of a, of a comedy club, mm. you know, come on to late night because uh, people liked the clip where they all got to make fun of him. Uh, the the that was I think a very similar way where he, he Arthur Fleck was no longer a person he was a punching bag, mm. uh, and I think that's very similar to how Parasite handles that and that's just something I thought of while you were talking, uh, but yeah uh, other than that uh, I also thought just to, just as a little note I thought it was funny how uh, well not funny <laughs> after everything goes to hell at the end of the movie at the end of Parasite that is. Uh, the daughter dies. Uh, the son has to have brain surgery, which I was amazed that he survived. I did not think he was making it. Oh, yeah. When I saw that second stone throw where it's just like, it seemed like it was specified just like neck turn dead. But I was glad to see him survive. Somehow he got To deliver the death, the emotional death blow of the final scenes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I thought it was... An interesting parallel when uh, they talked about all of the things he had done and what had happened, and he said he kept laughing. I Just immediately like thought of Joker. Uh, because laughing is a coping mechanism for when things are going horribly, horribly wrong. And there's mm-hmm. no other way to sort of deal with them emotionally. It's just like you, yes. all you can do is laugh. Yeah. Uh, See, so yeah, I thought that was a very, very nice touch. And kind of a thing that connects both of these movies. So, lastly, and I'm going to have to ask this question because I genuinely am curious. It's going to be hard for you to answer, Jack, because you've only seen Parasite. But so you're just going to have to you're just going to have to bear with me here. Which film do you think handles it better? Joker. Joker. Yeah. Explain, Mason. I want to. I mean, I, I like Joker much more of a movie, but I think that Joker. I mean, like Parasite doesn't really explore how like society kind of treats this it's just more of like a clash divide while joker is more kind of like i feel like a deep dive into like how does society kind of create those divides how does society kind of like treat people how does like like how does society as a whole kind of create these problems for ourselves while parasite i feel like doesn't really dive much into that kind of um aspect of it and so i appreciate joker more for that yeah with that one I think that's a... Especially since it kind of hones in on, like, the the person itself instead of going for, like, a whole, like, class. Yeah, and I think that's another fair point, uh, is that... I know there I don't remember if this is exactly discussion, but, like, uh, 
the the point of like both films sort of have uh, poor people becoming monsters mm-hmm. uh, as a yeah. result of their living conditions. Less so with Parasite, but I think it's a thing that both of them share. And maybe Joker was a little more. It was Joker more gentle about that. I wish I could remember what the tweet was. It's it was funny. a I don't very think it was. I think that. Um... Even though we said previously that um, Joker is on an individual character, I think at some points it does try to do a bit more with the macro, like more on the wide thing. Because with Parasite, there really aren't too many major characters, usually just like the Kims, Parks, the Housekeeper family, and that's pretty much it. Um, I do think that there are moments where it does sort of scope out. For example, when the um, whole um, area of the Kims family is flooded out, it like goes, they all live in a gymnasium, it's just like it's packed with people like most likely from like a similar situation as the Kims and I think that it also adds um, another details like when the party scene they have like all their rich friends um, invited over for the party Um, when Jessica or the daughter of the Kim family gets stabbed like all the rich people they run away they run away instead of like they're running away so they don't have to deal with they don't see the poor the Kim Jessica as a person so when she's just bleeding out on the floor, on the grass of the backyard or front yard of the yard, like they don't see her as a person and they just like want to save themselves, even though they only one other person other than the people who died in the film in the massacre up in the yard really got impacted by the um, by the housekeeper's husband. Hmm. So I think there are elements of a, sort of like what you're talking about, like a wide society sort of look at the issue. Um, but I do think Joker, mo- I haven't seen it, but I yeah. guess of what I have seen of the and heard of the film, I definitely think it focuses much more on just like a more macro sense. Uh, now, here is a take. What if neither film is about class consciousness? <laughs> then you are not... <laughs> What if neither film is handling it properly? Because think about it like this. The when you look at it, a lot of these movies show that uh poor people and the people who are below are greedy. They're they become monsters. They aren't fit to live within the world they're in. Uh, you aren't supposed to, even though you see them sympathetically, you're not. Nece- they're not necessarily good people. Where in reality, you have plenty of surveys that show that people in lower income brackets donate a higher proportion of the money they make to charity than people in high income brackets will donate to charity. Uh, you have that sort of thing. Poor, like poor people are not greedy necessarily and poor people are not f- monsters they don't just turn on a dime uh and that's that's just like a take uh i thought it was a very interesting different opinion personally i think they're both i think they're both class consciousness movies but uh yeah, yeah that's... So i do think in parasite when um the Kim family, when the Kim mother was first talking to the housekeeper's family, and um, the housekeeper was talking about, oh, I bring I bring food to my husband like as often as I can when I come down here, and she's like, you stole from the Park family, and then the housekeeper's like, no, I paid for all the food with my own salary to bring down to my husband. So I think that might be an example of like how the Kim family isn't representative of like all people of the lower class, like the housekeepers who are depicted as even being more misfortunate as lower in the class um, divide. Yeah. 
I think there it does touch on that a little bit, but mostly it's just like a small detail. So I could it could understand that some people do miss out on that and sort of take in the message of a movie like Parasite to be a bit. I want to say cynical, but like sort of paint like the lower class as people who like yeah, it, will become like monsters through like yeah, do it doesn't things. it doesn't it doesn't get the the full range of what it's like, and that's just that's just a critique of it, and that's uh, it's something I saw online. I thought it was a very interesting uh, way to look at both of these movies. I would still argue they're both movies about class, uh, especially Parasite. And especially Joker. Sorry, gamers. Uh, this is a movie about the revolution. Yeah. Well, actually, thank oh, you. Okay, hang on, I literally just thought of this thing. I think that, that there is another example of this being brought up a lot in Parasite, the final end of the film, because it ends with the son telling the father, like, I'm going to work right. I'm going to do it like society wants me. I'm going to get a job, university, a wife and everything, and finally buy the house that you are trapped in and finally see you again. He's going to do it the way that society wants him to. But the final shot of the son just, like, in the sub-semi-basement house, just, like, sitting there, you know that he's not going to do this. And it is it shows that there's... It, with the system that we live in under the... With, like, such a severe cast divide, not cast divide, that's a different sort of situation. Yeah. Such a severe class divide that, like, it it sends a message of, honestly, really hopelessness of just, like, trying to move up vertically within class is almost, like, an impossibility for a lot of people. Yeah, I think that's how the two films differ and how they end. Parasite ends with hopelessness in terms of... Uh, trying to escape a system by working within it. Joker has hope. By purely, by in some twisted way, has freedom because he's decided not to play by the rules. So he's free. So it has a more uplifting ending. That's so a see? way to look at it. I wouldn't say it's uplifting, but it's a ve- it's it a is. different sort of. That's just sort of like a. You could write a very interesting piece comparing these two films because... And I very much guarantee a lot of people will be doing exactly that. Yeah, oh, absolutely. (laughs) We literally did it here. And we're not the first and we will not be the last. In fact, it may or may not be my senior thesis. We will go into that. (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, I would never talk about movies. I hate movies. But final thoughts. (laughs) So any final thoughts on it for our discussion here today or about Parasite in general? Either of you? I will start. I think... Parasite is amazing. It's one of the best films of the decade, given I don't watch too many films, but I still am just like in awe of it. I think it's a movie that I've seen multiple times, but I still think as I watch it again and again, I think I will continue to grab things from it and just enjoy it and just like be in awe of it. And I am sadly worried that like we won't see the sort of success for a film of this caliber because like one a film of this caliber comes around like once in a blue moon and even rarer than that you don't get films like parasite coming around too often but i do worry that we won't see a movie of this caliber of this type of a foreign film getting the same kind of success as it did with like the oscar and just like that because america be america hell yeah (laughs) hell yeah but i am just really glad that we have Parasite. It's gotten what it's deserved, in my opinion. And I cannot wait to dive deeper into whatever Bong Joon-ho and whatever like other like foreign cinema that I feel like a lot of people, including me, unfortunately, have been missing out. I think this is a good um, start for people who want to get more into foreign cinema. And I think that it'll 
unveil a trove of just like wonders throughout cinema that I think we desperately need as like a society when consuming media. Yeah, absolutely. Mason? I don't think it was one of the best movies of the decade, and I don't think it was one of the best movies of the year, but it's not a bad movie. Um, I think that has a, it has a lot to say, and it has a good message with it. But overall, I, I the movie lacked kind of characters, and I think it kind of lacked in the story a little bit. Um, and the movie kind of like slows down in parts of it. But overall, I mean, it has a it has a good pace to it, and <clears throat> it does keep you like interested in like on the edge of, uh, edge of your seat, especially with like with the quick t- uh, it w- sorry with the Tip. quick <laughs> with the quick twists and turns that the movie takes. It kind of keeps you like on your toes and like wanting to know, like what's going to happen next. But overall. It's it's not a movie for me. I don't think that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I happen to really, I really like Parasite. I thought it was great. Still not the best movie I saw last year. Uh, like that came out last year at least. That still is The Garden Left Behind, which I saw at Heartland. Uh, still the best movie I saw last year. The shame I never got to review it. It would have been a ten out of ten. Uh, I'm waiting for that to come to distribution anywhere so I can watch it again. Uh, and really really get time to soak it in. But no, this was great. Uh. I thought it had a lot to say, and I think we've gone oh, a very long time talking about everything that this film does well and what uh, what what kind of message it has. And at the end of the day, uh, capitalism bad. <laughs> we did it. That's we, one way we, to describe the movie. <laughs> capitalism bad. That should be on the poster. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Same for Joker. Put that on Joker. Although I think that might have hurt. Society bad. That might society bad. That might have hurt the sales though. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, I think that's it for this episode of Input Two. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode uh, of this wonderful podcast. This has been your host Tanner Kinney with my wonderful guests Jack Gillespie, Mason Kupiainen. Thank you so much for listening. You can check out more of our work from us at Byte, whether it be more podcasts, features, reviews, news, videos, at ByteBSU.com. Also, make sure to give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at ByteBSU, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, also named ByteBSU. Input 2 is a part of Byte, which is led by Editor-in-Chief Jeremy Rogers and Senior Podcast Editor Kellen and Kellen Harrison, and is a part of the Ball State University student media. Have a great day, everyone. And make sure you keep your eye out for future episodes throughout the year. This is only this is only the continuation. There will be more input twos and perhaps other things from me as well. But that's it for today. Have a wonderful day, evening, morning, whatever works for you. Thank you.